Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Amy, Dylan, Matt, Awesome Possum Blossom, William, Brandon, Scott, Tristan, Kate, Sasha, Isaac, Ori, Karun, Eddie, and Chris. But this week, it's also brought to you by our You Can Get It level patrons. And they are Maggie Moo, Juan, Xavier, Jenny, Ashley, Richie, Shannon, Megan, Daisy, Keep Up the Good Work, Mandy, Nicole, Alisa, Jennifer, and Victoria. So thank you all so much. And as always, the episode is also brought to you by the Burn It Down Level patron, Chris, who wants you all to know that you are loved, you are listened to, and you are a valued member of this awesome community and if you want to hang out with chris and the rest of the community on the daily join the facebook group or even the discord server that we set up chris is in there talking pretty much every day all day as are a lot of other horror virgin family members i need a sound based laugh line okay Auga. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make it relate to the movie, but I just want to stay with that. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like watching scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, Mikey made us watch Dark is the Night. And Mikey, Ooh. I'm assuming you've seen this movie before, right? I did. I saw it in 2014, and I don't know what kind of emotional space I was in, <laughs> but I really liked it at the time. Uh, watched it last night. I'm going to say in 2020, this movie is not a really uplifting movie for me. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were about to say that you didn't like it. And I was like, it's not a bad movie. Uh, not no, uplifting at all. I think it's a good example of you can do a lot of good things with a low budget. Because I, yes. I, I felt like there was good character development and I liked the creature. Because like, why I like this movie was like Winter Jaws kind of feels like. Winter Jaws? Is a very good description because you rarely see the monster until the very end. Then you see it a lot and it sort of takes away the scariness of it. Yeah, yes, I think you 100%. see it too much. Yeah, yeah I, I personally, the movie starts to fall apart for me in the third act where like yeah. literally up till the third act, I'm like, this movie is fucking great. You did like it. I was so nervous. No, I, I really liked this movie until the, the third act. Yes. And there was a part of me that I was like, if I was rewriting this, I would have you never see the monster. Like, I know that's crazy, but to have them just standing over it like, what is it? I don't know, but there's tracks for three more. Like that, <laughs> like that, you know, where it's like, you don't know. And the third act where you really start to get a lot more FaceTime with like parts of the monster and get an idea of what it looks like. Then I really started to have problems with the movie because the scale of the monster didn't seem to make sense because like it can fit in the house. It's like the size of a person, but the things that it's doing are akin yeah. to something much larger. Like how can it take a horse? Yeah. And then you find out that there's more than one potentially, but then at that point you've seen it and it just looks like an evil turtle without its shell. Okay. Hot take, hot take. They could have done a lot better if they used practical effects instead of CGI, probably for the same budget. So here's the thing. I think it is practical effects all the way up, up until you see it full body. Right. And I think they could have just gone full practical, and I think I would have liked it better. Same. I think it would have been more scary had they done that. But this was yeah. that early 2000s, 210s, where it's like, CGI, we got it. And they don't got it. They don't got <laughs> it. And, and to be honest, the thing that was making this movie so great for me for the first two acts was because they weren't trying to do CGI. They, they were doing a... a 
a piece here and there of practical and then like the few times that they did use CGI in the first two acts are very sparing mm -hmm. and it's just like a glimpse of something through the trees. So it's not enough to distract you by it not being perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love a good creature flick and I just don't feel like there's enough of them. Same. I, I think that this there's a lot of things that this movie does well. I think overall the pacing of this movie is great with the exception of the second act has some kind of rehashing of of mm -hmm. kind of scenes that we've seen before and I think it's kind of trying to pad time a little bit but overall the pace of this movie is great it clocks in at just over an hour and a half and I think that's the perfect length for it it doesn't try to be anything it's not I remember liking it a lot and then I didn't remember until I watched it last night that I didn't super enjoy the ending because you see the creature that much and yeah. I don't super enjoy what happens at the very, very end because I feel like a lot of movies be like like that, like that gotcha moment at the end. I've talked about that before. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't like it either, Mikey. In, in, high, in horror movies, I did yeah. find this movie pretty scary for the first uh, hour, ten minutes, though. Yeah, absolutely. I'm real looking forward to what you think, Todd, because I was like, this is kind of a this is kind of a controversial pick because it's kind of like an, like no one's seen this movie, and I don't, I don't feel like. Yeah, well, and and the one thing I will say. Because you know me, I'm not normally a jump scare person. It just doesn't really bug me. Mm -hmm. Most of the ones in this movie got me, and I think yeah. it's because they're all earned. Yeah, I think None so of too. them are cheap. They all work in the plot. It's all a natural progression. Yeah. It's, it's not just jump scare for jump scare's sake. It is a true accurate jump scare within the story and i think that's what makes it more effective and it's not just like music cues that are scary like every sound that makes you jump it's the monster or you know it's something yeah. that can be accounted mm -hmm. for it's not just like music stingers that like come out of nowhere for no reason i hate that so much fuck you the nun but like there's so many like really good effective scary tense moments in this and then once you see the creature more it's not as scary and it's just yeah. more I mean if you can kill it with a knife like what are we doing here but like if it can bleed it can die yeah <laughs> if I learned anything from Predator this is basically Snow Predator is what it is it's Snow <laughs> Predator well okay Todd did you like it uh, I wouldn't ever watch this movie again I am really impressed with what they did with what I'm assuming was an $8 budget it, but yes. I mean yes agreed yeah compared to other movies that we've done that have like millions and millions of dollars I bet this is probably close to a million but probably not over it and other than the cinematography that is garbage in this movie it is garbage cinematography in this movie <laughs> I, I wanted you to both watch it because I wanted you to be like this is why I get frustrated with horror movies because I was like I know people can make a decent movie yeah with a small budget and I know there's a couple but like I, I, the main actor in this, I forget his name. Kevin Durant. I love him. And like he acts like he he is like into the you can tell he's like into this role. He he does great in it the whole time. And this is back to the cinematography. And I do think some of that's probably budgetary as well. Me too. The whole time I was watching this movie, I just kept thinking this germ of an idea, this script, the and this is mostly in the first two acts, the last act, rewrites needed. But like the first two, I kept thinking, I'm like, what if we handed this to Jordan Peele or Ari yeah. Aster? Yes. What, what would we get? Like, what amazing creature feature would we get? Honestly, John Krasinski should have got this. 
Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because he did a quiet place. Like he's good at creature features. We know that's he is. That's true. That's I mean, but true. this is kind of like quiet place tone. I mean, not tone, but like it kind of feels like it. I could see. I love quiet place. Not to harp on the cinematography. The only thing that I didn't like about the cinematography, because when some people think cinematography, they think just the way the shots look. I sort of thought that mm-hmm. was fine. In fact, there's one really cool shot when he's looking at the deer in the road, yeah. and it's he's just illuminated by his two headlights and nothing else. Like, yeah. that's a cool shot. But everything is either blue or green in this movie like it's so tinted blue or green that like houses look lavender they don't look white or whatever they're supposed to look like and that just bothers me because i'm a video editor for a living so like y'all don't know this but this is actually a horror movie that was made inside the matrix (laughs) (laughs) i was like i get that he's sad and it's cold outside but you don't have to make everything blue tinted for me to like feel that way right (laughs) him almost crying the whole film had me at like okay this guy's sad i didn't need the, the whole world to be blue as yeah, well. Yeah, blood and bleed out of bly. I get it. Yeah. I'm almost wondering, like, I, I know we're chalking this up to cinematography, but I'm actually wondering if that was editing and not cinematography and the color corrector just went wild. I mean, yeah, but you gotta rein that shit in, brother. Yeah. But anyway, let's just get into this fucking movie, yeah. Let's get into it. So we open on the dark forest with eerie music, and it is like midday, but it is the forest, so it's kind of ominous, even though it's daytime. Yeah. Uh, we have a team of loggers who are cutting down trees, using big machines to move logs and saws. If my husband was a scene in a movie, this is what it would be. Uh, (laughs) You see your husband. He's working with Dexter. They're just in there cutting trees down. Yeah, just cutting trees down. All hanging out with Steve Agee for some reason. It is Steve Agee. (laughs) I was like, does anybody else notice this? I Uh, love Steve Agee. So when I saw him, I was like, really? How did you end up in this thing? I know. Uh, The one thing about this scene is I would say it's like sensory overload where it gets louder and louder and it kind of reaches a fever pitch sound wise and then all the machines just stop. Yeah. And I think that's a great device to instantly be like something is wrong. Yeah. And I think it works great. So a truck pulls down the lane of the forest to a tree truck. It's a savvy tree truck. But this is where Steve Agee is. Yeah. He's playing the uh, iconic character named Foreman. Well, he's the Foreman. He is not Foreman. (laughs) This is not that 70s show's dad. Oh, he's the (laughs) Foreman. Excuse Uh, me. So he's checking people out as they come down from their kind of work spots up in the forest. Yeah. The last truck out says, hey, I think Jesse's crew is still up there. So he tries radioing Jesse a couple times. Nothing's coming in. Nobody's on the walkie-talkie. It's starting to snow. The camera pans over the previous work site that we just saw. Yeah. We see the walkie-talkie on the ground, and it registers what sounds like screams. He drives out to their work site, and Jesse and his crew are nowhere to be found. The walkie-talkie static leads him to Jesse's severed arm. Which looks cool. It did look cool, Mikey. Steve Agee yeah. immediately gets on the radio and goes, I think that they killed Jesse's crew. Boom, 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 boom. Sometimes I think I just found Jesse's arm. This is really making me laugh a lot, so you guys did just see Blood drips from above, and he looks up to find the rest of Jesse's body in the tree. Yeah. And there's some gruesome effects in this movie, and they all look like pretty high value. They look a lot better than the creature. Yeah. Like you see some mangled bodies in this film, and they all look real good. They're all practical. That's the thing. It's like all the practical effects in this movie are fucking fantastic. And I think the practical creature looks cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe it's because you don't really see it. 
Like all you well, see, well, you see like hooves. the lower half. Yeah, looks yeah, practical. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which is probably the upper just half. Some, yeah, which is probably just some like extra wearing hooves. Right, some but guy I'm on boots. board yeah. for it. Yeah, when, yeah. When we get to Act Three and we see the hooved creature walking upstairs, I was like, I'm fucking done. No, <laughs> then it turns into like a sci-fi movie, and I'm just like, oh no, like a sci, like the Sci-Fi Channel movie. Excuse yeah, like me. that level. So Steve Ag takes off and runs into the car. Runs back to the car to drive away yeah and as he's trying to start the car whatever it is because we don't know what it is yet bursts through the back window and rips him to shreds in the car yeah the blood splatters on the windshield it's a cool shot it's a very cool shot and this is like two minutes into this into the movie the movie hits the ground running and that's i love it my problem is we've now established that this thing can literally shoot through a car well, the back window of a car, yeah. But still, it, later it has trouble getting into a barn door or getting through a church door that's just kind of barely locked. And, like, it, there's an inconsistent level of strength for the creature, and it doesn't really make sense until the very end when we reveal that maybe there's a fuck ton of them and we're seeing different ones at different levels of strength. But like, Yeah, but, Paige, in my life, there's an inconsistent level of strength for Mikey. Just grip harder. (laughs) Anyway, so blood spatters on the windshield, and this is where we get the opening title of the movie. Yeah. Like, we had barely any credits. We've already killed somebody, multiple people, and now, by the way, the movie is Dark Was the Night. Also, by the way, this is how you start a movie. Yeah. If your movie has three minutes of credits, I am checking out. I'm checking my phone. I'm doing whatever I can do to not think about your shitty credits. Yeah, if you if you have a low-budget movie, the best bang for your buck is killing somebody before the opening title. Oh, like, yeah, you got to have a great cold open. Yes, uh, <laughs> so we get a title across the screen that says 90 Miles South, the town of Maiden Woods, yeah. and we open on a quiet suburb. We cut to Kevin Durant sitting on a bench in a park crying. It's a real Mikey move. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and it it is. I want. I do want to highlight. It's like a kids' park, like yeah. a, like a playground. Yeah, that's what makes it a Mikey move, Paige. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never have killed. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're not allowed in the playground. Uh, we cut to him in a car where we reveal that he is the town sheriff. Yeah, which if you ever forget, he's the sheriff. His beanie tells you throughout the entire movie. The entire. He never changes clothes. He wears the same. He wears his uniform the entire. He's well, like Ranger that's Rick. What, <laughs> that's what a uniform is, Paige. I know, I know, but like even when he's at home relaxing, there's a scene where he's like, he's at home, the deputy comes to visit, he's not wearing his sheriff's clothes, and then he puts them on for the rest of like the movie. Well, yeah, the deputy came to visit. <laughs> it's a work meeting, Paige. Yeah. yeah like, what I are guess. we talking about here? I mean, if you get elected sheriff, I would rub that in people's faces all the time. I would always be like, I am the sheriff. Look at my hat. It says it. <laughs> All I'm going to say is rubbing your stuff in people's faces is a quick way to not be sheriff anymore. <laughs> Mikey, I would get a beanie that said deputy and I'd follow you around all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Todd, let's just move to a small town and become sheriff and deputy. We have plenty of time to podcast. We'll like go around and be like, oh, your horse got away. 
<laughs> Haven't you seen the movie Hot Fuzz? The, and in this movie, where like the little tiny town is where all the crazy shit happens. Yeah, my because dude. you'll move there and think it's all quiet, and then you'll have just people being like, "Fascism, the greater good," and you know, <laughs> your whole life changes. Yeah, yeah. me and Todd will be like, "Totally, yeah, yeah, let's you do have it." A, yeah, have yeah, a yeah, perfect yeah. bromance. <laughs> there is no way this plan ends badly. He's vandalizing. Boom! <laughs> Shoot the kid. <laughs> this kid's truant so like i handcuff him to the school i realize now that mikey is just trying to rope me into his let's go to a small town and beat up children plan and i think i don't <laughs> want to be a part of this anymore <laughs> we'll go to like the little diner and like eat you know breakfast that's what like sheriffs and deputies do all the that time. sounds great although i am afraid that every winter you'll start every conversation with shoot all santas on sight <laughs> oh my god so guys if you live in a small town and you want mikey and i to be your sheriff write our names in on the next election <laughs> i'll move there if it, the pay's right i'll move there <laughs> if the pay See is right happens. i'll move there the pay is not right yeah <laughs> I'll tell you right fucking now. <laughs> so they drive out to look at a farm or to talk with somebody at a farm where they find out that there's a horse missing, but there's no tracks and there's no sign of like a trailer. There's no sign of a broken fence or anything. And so they basically are like, I mean, maybe it ran away. Maybe you left the gate open. I don't know, because it seems odd that someone would go to all the trouble to steal a horse, especially just one horse without like planning yeah the guy has 23 horses yeah if you're gonna steal one why not steal like four or like 23 yeah. you know yeah exactly um and they say like it would take at least two men in a trailer unless they rode off on the horse but this is a horse you've trained so like not gonna happen probably and he tells them that he's missing number 88 and they say that i'll keep an eye out uh and he says if i lose another one we'll have a real problem so they start to head out and as they do the deputy notices that the horse farmer guy has a good looking daughter and the sheriff says he shot at the last guy she dated <laughs> i like uh the deputy and the sh like these two actors kevin durant and lucas haas they're like character actors they're in a bunch of stuff and they never get their own movie i know yeah i feel the same way i love that they sort of got their own movie it's a shame that it's this low budget because i right. don't feel like their acting makes it seem low budget i feel like they're great no no yeah, yeah. their acting is like on par yeah yeah. and then, like also i love their relationship in this movie yeah i don't feel like there's any real bad acting in this movie Me nothing noticeable no you mm -hmm. know except for the creature the creature <laughs> uh yeah no it, it all comes down to act three when we finally see the creature and that's where it starts to fall apart. yeah at the end of the movie the creature looks right down the barrel of the camera breaking the fourth wall like what, what are we doing <laughs> yeah and again snapping turtle without a shell yes it is the creature looks like something I would kill in a video game on Nintendo 64. Yes, yes, Mikey, what you're talking about is the villain from Secret of the Ooze, the Ninja Turtles video game. <laughs> this looks, the, I mean, spoiler alert, the villain in this looks like the ultimate gremlin. Like if Brainy Gremlin was like, I just want to move to the suburbs and ch like chill out and settle down. That's this guy. Um, I, I compare it to just because it came out aliens is at least like almost 20 years before this mm -hmm. and when you look at or i guess not aliens alien i feel like the original alien is a damn near perfect creature feature oh yeah and part of the reason is because for two acts it does the same thing that this movie does for two acts you don't see it and it's that mm -hmm. scary unknown yeah 
But then the thing that Alien does right, that this movie does very, very wrong, is when you do finally see it, it's still obscured. It's still not as up in your face. And when you finally get kind of a good look at it, it's fucking scary as shit. Yeah. Like, that creature design is unparalleled. And that's what this movie is missing. And if they knew that they couldn't pull off Alien, they shouldn't have tried. You should have never seen it. It should have still just stayed Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So uh, we cut to a kid at home playing piano. Uh, He says, Dad's here and runs for the front door. It's the sheriff. And the kid rushes out to hug him and his deputy. And this is where we find out that the sheriff and his... I believe our wife are separated. They're not divorced. Yeah, they're like estranged because of what happened. I like Kevin Durant in this movie because he's always like, he just talks like he's like chewing gravel and he's like really sad all the time. So he's like, I'm here to pick up the kid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the one thing that I really like about this movie, which I think is probably more romancing the pod discussion, is that I really like that even though they are separated, they are respectful and kind and care about each other. I think a lot of movies get the chance to like, this is a place for conflict and we can make them fight and argue and whatever because they're separated. And this movie truly presents them as like respectful co-parents who are working shit out. Yeah. And I kind of love it. I actually think this movie does like a really accurate representation of grief in a way that a lot of films don't. And their separation isn't because they like don't like each other. It's be- well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it till we get there, but yeah, the why they're separated it all makes kind of sense why they're still kind to each other and all this yeah. other stuff and uh, I think it does a really fairly accurate representation of someone like really processing and like needing space to process that has nothing to do with their partner yeah, yeah I mean we find out that six months ago his son died sort of in his care and he's mm-hmm. real messed up about it and his wife who is being supportive ish, like as much as he will let her be, yeah, you know, is still there for him. And like, I fully believe that they die at the end, but like, if, had they not, <laughs> yeah. then they would have got back together had they not been brutally murdered. Yeah, exactly. So the little kid is asking his deputy about New York. This is how we find out that the deputy is from New York and moved to the small town. Uh, and while he's doing that, the sheriff says to his wife, hey, your mom's car is gone. And the wife says, oh, she went on a bus trip to Florida, which I think was just a convenient way to explain it away so we never meet her mom. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're going to cover the next week or so and it never comes up. Yeah. Wait, what if the mom had come back at the end with a shotgun and that's who like killed the monster at the end? <laughs> I would have been on the board church. for that. Yeah. Get away from her, y'all bitches. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been amazing. Yes. Uh, So this is where we find out that they have a parent-teacher conference next week. Yeah. And then she says, hey, I've been talking to someone and it's really helped me if you ever want to go together. And he says, I'm not the one who left, Susan. Yeah. So he's not accepting help when it's offered, but... At first, I thought she was telling him he she was dating someone else. I thought so, too. I did, too. I'm glad it wasn't that. And I was like, she wants a threesome? (laughs) depends on who the other one is i mean yeah some therapists are hot mikey speaking to a therapist right now yeah do you know any i was talking about mikey i've dated plenty it's terrifying sorry it was an opening (laughs) come on in pile on the facebook group knows that you guys pick on me oh yeah you're the one that gets picked on 
Look, you wear layers. That's the one thing we have on you. I only, I'm only wearing one layer. I'm not even wearing my necklace right now. Yeah, I was like to say, like, what's wrong with your new house? <laughs> <laughs> it's well insulated. Yeah. <laughs> did the rest of the layers not make it through the move yet, or did they not unpacked? Uh, there's a hold up in the clothes department. Oh no, I was right. I don't no. like this at all. No, no, there, there's not. I was wearing a shirt, a hoodie, and a jacket earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> So they go back to the sheriff's house. He's trying to cook, and it's not going well. No, because he's like a single dad. I mean, he's not single, but like yeah, he's figuring it out. Like, yeah. I was raised more or less from like 13 to adulthood by a single dad who sort of cared about figuring it out. But we had a lot of like hamburger helper and Kraft macaroni and cheese. That's just good. I mean, yeah, I, I would eat that right now, and I'm no longer as poor as I was then. Um, but his son asks, when can mom come home? And he basically tries to explain in a very kind way, like, hey, we're trying to figure some stuff out and she's going to stay with grandma for a while because she chose to. She can come home whenever she wants. And we're both going to kind of figure our stuff out. Yeah. So the little boy asks, is it because of Tim? And he says, no, of course not. Although we will find out later in the movie, it is very much because of Tim. Yeah. So, but nothing, it's not anything that Tim has done lately. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, it's what he didn't do, which was swim. Oh, keep living. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we don't know at this point in the movie because they haven't said it, but we will find out later that Tim was their other son. Yeah. Who passed away very, very tragically in, in what I would say is a horrible accident. Yeah. Terrible accident. I don't even think it was negligence. And the movie really tries to hammer home that like he blames himself, but he really shouldn't. I think so yes. too. I don't think he should blame himself. The wife yeah. later on lays it out to the deputy. He blames himself, thinks he doesn't deserve anything good. That's why he doesn't want to be with me and the other kid all the yeah. time because he doesn't think he deserves us because he thinks he let us let him down. But like, why did he, why did she leave if he's feeling, wouldn't he leave? Like, I don't That's deserve this. That's what confused you take the me, Mikey. That's, that was my only question. Who knows? I, I wonder if maybe this was her being like because we don't know where his family is we don't know anything of it it could very well be her being like my grandma my or my mom's in town i'm gonna go stay with her so you have some space yeah to figure shit out that's kind of what i thought it was but we find out later that tim was in a kiddie pool like a little like a plastic kiddie pool and slipped and hit his head and then subsequently drowned. Yeah. But it, it literally that could happen so fast. Yeah. And he was like nine. He wasn't he wasn't like young. He was like yeah. older. He, he he was at least not not quite the same age as the kid Adam in this movie. He's a little younger because we see pictures of him. Yeah. But he's not a toddler. He's like a kid. Yeah, I would say at least right. he's six. Yeah, I, I would say five or six. Yeah. He's like kindergarten or preschool right there. Okay, kindergarten or preschool is four. Okay, so he's like <laughs> second grade. He like, he's like going to school every day and like doing, he's like learned math. No, he hasn't been in school. The pictures they have of him are him as like a child child. And they don't have any info about him at school. I, in my mind, put him at like four or five. Like okay. that cusp okay. of like maybe he's in preschool, but he's not like a full-blown elementary school kid yet. Sure. And yeah, so he slipped and hit his head and you could drown in like 
two minutes. Yeah. You can drown like, yeah, real quick. In an inch of water. So in yeah. an inch of water. And so I think this is a case of the dad being like, Hold on, I'm gonna go get a Diet Coke or whatever. And turn literally comes back seconds later and it's too late. Yeah. It is incredibly tragic. It's so terrible. But that's who Tim is. And so that's kind of the crux of the problem in their relationship. And this movie goes on to basically examine his process of grief in a monster movie where essentially his... I would say self-actualization and realizing that he deserves the good things he has and it was a horrible accident and he shouldn't blame himself is tied to him defending the group of people he is in charge of. Yes. And, you know, ultimately failing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the end of this movie is to be believed. Right. Well, yeah. Like, you know, he, he's lost faith in his role as a protector as a father. Right. And then has to step up as the protector of the town. And then, like, it all comes together at the end when he, like, reconciles those two roles. Right. So the kid asked, is it about Tim? He says no. And then as they're talking, his son says, it kind of, like, looks off into, like, the middle distance. And he says, are you all right? And his son says, someone's in the backyard in the trees, which is terrifying. Yes. But he goes outside. Why? Why would you ever go outside? Like, that's so dumb. Well, first he looks through the windows and he's like, I don't see anybody. You know, do you want me to go check? And the kid's like, yes, take your gun. And he doesn't. He just goes back there, weighs a flashlight around, and he calls out because he thinks it's a person, I think. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think it was a creature at this point. No. And and that's another thing I think this movie does great is everyone has rational reactions. Same. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like, people fully do not believe it's a creature until it is undeniably a creature. And then everyone believes it's a creature where they do normal person things. So he hears noises, he kind of turns, he hears something in the trees, he kind of shrugs it off as nothing. It's probably an animal. They live very close to the woods, so yeah. that is natural. Absolutely. He puts his son to bed, and as he's putting him to bed, he picks up a toy dinosaur to set it on the nightstand, and he sees the other empty bed, which we, at this point, assume is Tim's bed. Yeah, I really do like that this movie does a pretty decent job of showing you, not telling you. Because it doesn't really tell you that Tim is like the son that passed away. But like in this moment, you know, Tim was that little boy's brother. Tim died recently. Yeah, Uh, we cut to the next day and we get a shot of totem poles. And we actually this is one of multiple shots that we get throughout the film. And there's an established uh, native reservation near where this movie is taking place. I have some notes and fun facts about it, but this movie seems to very strongly, at least until the very end when we see the creature, really suggest that the monster is potentially a Wendigo. Yes. If you're a hardcore monster person and have read up on Wendigos, Wendigos occasionally masquerade as people. Yes. They're skinwalkers. I'm so glad you brought this up, Paige, because I have a better ending of this movie that's still as dark. Is it the fact that the deputy is a Wendigo and has been killing people the whole time and that's why he came from New York and has no backstory? No, but that's also really good, Paige. Jesus. (laughs) Thank you. Is it that Tim is a Wendigo and isn't dead and that's why he uses the present tense and that's why we've been seeing him around the town? No, I mean, that's also really good. Stop it. Let me me get mine out. (laughs) See, people need to make the movies I suggest. I agree, Paige. Honestly, you and I could make that movie for this budget. You mean like when the kiddie pool was a Wendigo? (laughs) No, Mikey, stop trying. Mikey, no. I legit thought 
thought because of that Wendigo Google search and like that's what it was like yes. planting in your mind that this was. Well, and Wendigos are specifically an indigenous monster. Yeah. I thought that at the end when Kevin Durant comes back and hugs his wife that he was going to turn into a monster and kill that room full of people. Oh, because he'd been scratched. Well, because he was actually a Wendigo because the monster had killed Kevin upstairs and then oh. came downstairs as Kevin and then killed all of them and then that's the end of the movie. I feel like you'd have to lay a lot more groundwork for that um, where we would have had to have had other people turn so that we could know that that was possible sure because what you're describing is like domestic the thing <laughs> like <laughs> the thing on american soil that's what you're describing and um i'm here for it yeah but i do think you'd have to pepper it in more we'd have to get more of the wendigo legend yeah now you want to go real dark here's darkest timeline version of this movie yeah i'm ready darkest timeline <laughs> tim is alive the wife is dead <gasps> go with me on this okay she died in childbirth if you know Wendigos, part of the reason, there, there's a lot of different alleged stories about it. One that gets kind of bandied about a lot is the idea if you kill a family member, you can take on their appearance, but you need to eat flesh. Yeah. The wife is dead. Tim's alive. The movie continues as normal. And at the very end, we find out it has been Tim this whole time because he killed his mother in childbirth because she died giving birth. To oh, him. like if she wasn't in the movie. That's pretty cool. And now you have to decide what do you do with a literal child who is a mass murderer? I like it. This has been Paige's Monster Corner. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I like all these all these ideas. But what if the fruity cereal was the Wendigo? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, no, stop. Paige's eyes are the best right now. She's giving you some side eyes. Is this how Count Chocula became a vampire? He died. <laughs> and now his kid is this fruity cereal. Have yeah, you guys anyway. not ever ate had Wendigo Wheaties? I mean, I've had a lot of bag cereal in my day. I have not always been as flush with cash as I am now in my one bedroom apartment in a bad neighborhood, but <laughs> no, I can't say that I have. They turn into whatever cereal you've had before. It's a lot like the food in the movie Hook. It can be whatever you want as long as you imagine hard enough. You're doing it, Peter. <laughs> oh, you mean our COVID relief plan. <laughs> <laughs> but we should win to stop talking about it, move it back into this movie. We cut to the next day where the sheriff is getting dressed. He's trying to pull his shit together emotionally. I hated when we saw his balls because it was blue, so he had blue balls. I'm sorry. For a hot second, I was like, did I miss dicks in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I am slipping on the job. Anyway, uh, so his partner shows up at the house because the door was unlocked. This is where he basically has breakfast laid out and he's got like good cereal and fruity cereal. Yeah. That's all marshmallows. And so he chooses the healthy cereal for his son. But this, I think, is just here to be like, he is trying his best. He's really yeah. trying to make sure his son is doing okay. He cares about him a lot. His deputy says, well, have you been outside? They go outside and there are huge footprints all around his house. And they kind of look like hoof prints from a horse, but the spacing is wrong. It's clearly somebody who's walking one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Like on two legs. Yeah. So they follow the steps to the window where the kids saw somebody at the window last night. And he says, oh, my God, he was looking through my window. And the deputy says, he's looking through everybody's windows. The footprints are all over town. Yeah. So they walk out into the street and... People are coming out of their houses, and there's tracks literally all over. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty cool. So they follow the tracks. They end in the woods, 
and they think maybe it's an injured animal, maybe it's kids playing a prank. So they follow the tracks into the woods and they find claw marks on the tree next to the hooves and the footprints disappear. They cut back to the police station and they're on the phone where he's calling the forest rangers to try and get an idea of what animal this could be. The deputies on the phone with multiple people reporting like sightings and footprints and people are spooked, which is exactly what would happen in, if this happened in a town. People yeah. would be like, oh my God. It would scare the shit out of people. I'd be like, Deputy Todd, get these people out of here. I, th- I would be the worst deputy ever because I'd be like, uh, I, uh, no, no so I can't go into the woods at night. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Todd, we're obviously not going out at night to fight crime. It's too scary. What are we, Batman and Robin? <laughs> Todd, if there's a darkness concert in the woods, we all know that you're going. Listen, I would go to see the darkness anywhere. They, I've, I've seen them twice, and they're from the UK. Like, yeah. Trying to, we trying to try to tie this up because, like, you're gonna want, you want to say that you went to the UK? Is this where we're going? No, they. I saw them both in Nashville, Mikey. Stop trying oh, okay. to high road me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was packed. People were all touching you. That's my go-to karaoke song. Touching me. Touching you. Okay, you're touching me. <laughs> so on the phone, they find out that the forest department has never heard of an animal that can walk that far on its hind legs. Except for humans, and this is clearly not human. But people are getting panicky. Essentially, the sheriff is like, don't let it get to you. Whoever is playing this prank on us wants us to be scared. I think it's going to blow over. And he has the deputy finish the paperwork. As he walks out of the station, the local pastor approaches him and is like, hey, weird, everyone's missing their pets, <laughs> which is like, yeah. fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's odd that animals are running away on the same night that we've got these footprints. Uh, but also, I haven't seen you in church and I know you're sad, but like where you at? I thought it was a weird time to try and like bring someone back into the faith. I I think what he's attempting to do is just to like, hey, we're here for you. I know you're mourning and we're here for you. Yeah. But it does seem like a bit of a hard sell where it's like, give him some space, man. Yeah. Yeah. He does. okay, you think. But then it kind of it goes into the uncouth and he goes back and forth. And you could just I was annoyed for the sheriff. And you can tell he was annoyed. And it's it seems off topic. Like he doesn't. He's like, all the pets are missing. I've seen your wife at church a lot. And, you know, it's okay to mourn around people. And I'd be like. Okay, we've crossed the line. (laughs) What about those missing dogs again? I'd so much rather hear about everyone losing their pets than I would have this conversation with you. See, if I was sheriff, I'd be like, it's talk like that that made your dog go missing. (laughs) Maybe your dog got sick of you asking him why he wasn't at church. (laughs) I'd be like, you know, uh, you better stop talking like that or maybe you'll go missing. (laughs) No, 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 no. Read the beanie. It says sheriff. Look at my hat. (laughs) <laughs> so as as his partner is sitting at the desk filling things out and kind of finishing the paperwork he finds photos of a young boy and this we assume is tim yeah uh, and he looks about four i would say in those photos he also doesn't look very stable like he might slip on any surface fun fact he didn't slip <laughs> mikey just like haymakered him this is all mikey's fault i'm a wendigo <laughs> You're when to go to prison for punching all those kids. I know. 
Well, you know, I was trying to read, and he was in that pool making a lot of noise. I'm, this is getting dark. He kept trying to do cannonballs, and I'm trying to sunbathe. So I got a minivan, piled him and all his friends inside, and drove it into a lake. Is this the comedy that you're after? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer was school bus. I drove a school bus. <laughs> it was school bus into a lake, but now at least the voices have stopped. <laughs> They're not like voices in my head. It was like the children's voices. They were in a choir. They were too damn loud. Oh, wow. This is what we've come to. Cut, yeah, cut all that. Uh, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. That's where I am in my life. So I like those jokes, but definitely cut that. I don't think anyone else is ready for that. Anyway, so we cut to the grocery store and we establish in the next couple scenes that this is a very small town. And so everyone knows the sheriff. Yeah, there's only 200 and some people in this town. I mean, by the end of it, there's 12, and they're all at the church, apparently. Actually, by the end of it, there's zero. Like, I, let's, I think <laughs> we're forgetting. Yeah, everyone dies at this movie, yeah. But everyone in the grocery store, it's kind of like a grocery store slash liquor store, because we go back there a couple times, is kind of talking about it. We find out that one guy, Jimmy, whose dad, Earl, owns the bar, we establish later. Uh, his dad has some crazy ideas, stories that Grandpa used to tell me about something living in those woods. This is kind of the first introduction we get of... It is something the indigenous people know about that the white people don't. Yes, because when the white settlers came here, they didn't respect the land or the spirits. And it robbed them of their lives for it. <laughs> you know, the first Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we get Thanksgiving, baby. <laughs> and that's why we serve pumpkin pie. <laughs> the cranberry sauce represents yeah. the blood. Oh, God. Anyway, he asks them, why aren't you out there hunting it down? What if it comes back? And he still at this point is like, there is no it. This is somebody clearly playing a prank on us. This is like yeah. crop circles, basically. Uh, and he says, the forest department said this morning that there's no animal that could have done that. And they're like, well, have you heard the ghost stories? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, how about that new deputy? And he's like, don't worry about him. I got the impression that Jimmy had tried to be the deputy and wasn't. Well, Jimmy's a dick. Yeah, but I think that's why. And I don't think that's in the movie at all. But just there's a lot of interactions that are like, how about the new deputy? And it's like, why do you care, man? It's an elected official. Like, what are you talking about? He's like the town <laughs> dick, like for no reason. We don't get his backstory. You know, I really wish Timmy didn't set up that child's pool on an Indian burial ground. <laughs> <laughs> this whole town is an Indian burial ground. <laughs> well, it is now. See, that's why it is Tim. <laughs> Tim is the monster because people do not come back the same. So he comes out of the grocery store and a car pulls up and in it is Earl, who we later find out is Jimmy's father. Uh, and Earl says, hey, have you been in the woods recently? And he's like, yeah, I was there this morning. What? And he's like, well, it's deer season. And I haven't seen any deer for five miles. Animals have just up and vanished. And he says, it's hard to say what would cause it, but probably something that's a threat, which also eerie as shit. Yes. Like this was a great yeah. plot point that I was just like, ooh. Yeah. Well, and also that's coupled with like all the pets running away. Like that's yeah. very scary. So like both domesticated and wild animals have just noped out of town. Yeah. There's something going on in them woods. Out in them woods. And it's up to me and Sheriff Mikey to figure out what's up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's got to be a better place to hide than the church. There is. Like the bank. They could have gotten to the bank vault. I'll talk about the church in a sec. Well, this is why your police station isn't shouldn't be just like a plywood shack without any posters on the walls. <laughs> Wait, posters are the problem. The police what? station's a plywood shack. And you're like, 
needs more posters. <laughs> well, it, it was literally like they worked in like a. I know your walls are made of <laughs> like, MDF and no paint and barely standing like a lean to, but you know what? You could need a kitten saying, hang in there. Like that's what's going to change. Also, on this wall, have you thought about having that giant poster that tells you how much minimum wage is and what days you're entitled to have off, including days for voting? It would really, really. Just brighten the whole place up. Where's your OSHA posters? <laughs> Where are had, your OSHA posters? If they had jail cells, they could have hidden them. We establish that this thing can shake buildings and it has arms. So I'm going to think that a jail cell is just like, oh, great. They packed my food up for me like a doggy bag. I think it's a better place to hide than the church basement. I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. Church basement's a terrible place to hide. But <laughs> I mean, if you're not two teens making out instead of going to youth group, there's no reason to hide in a church basement. Oh, yeah. Um, Man, you're bringing me back. That brings yeah. back some some hard <laughs> memories for me to wow. deal with right there. Hard uh, indeed. Some of my first hard memories. <laughs> 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 Dark was the night. Oh man! I once stole a parade float from our church basement and threw it in a person's yard. Why did your church have parade floats? What? Well, we had like a parade every year in town for like the Founders' Day, and the churches all made it. And we had like a twelve-foot globe, paper mache globe. How big is this the... basement? This big. It was a big church. This was a big town. It wasn't this town. It was a big town. We had at least seven deputies. <laughs> It's outside of Atlanta. It was like a big town. But anyway, so I stole this giant globe from the church. You know, mistake number one. Stealing from God? Yes. Like he wasn't doing anything with the paper mache globe. Yeah, God does not care <laughs> wait, about a paper mache wait, globe. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. <laughs> you think it's okay for you to see... <laughs> Steal the spray float from the church because, quote, well, God wasn't doing anything with it. I believe in a God who's funny. And I put that church, I put that globe in the bed of my Ford Ranger and drove it to this dude's house and, like, propped it up in his yard. Mainly because, you know, if you roll a yard, whatever, people know what's up. But what if you wake up and there's just a giant fucking globe in your yard made out of paper mache? What do you do? <laughs> Ask a fuck ton of questions. That's what. <laughs> Here's where it gets good. He, the guy, he keeps trying to dispose of it in different places around town. And we would find it and move it back <laughs> to his yard. This went on for like weeks. So what you're saying is God did use it. Mikey, I think what you're overlooking yeah. is that God used that globe through you. Yeah. Yeah. It was a stupid prank. Stupid high school <laughs> prank. Oh. Harmless fun. No harm, no foul. You say no harm, no foul, but I'm going to remind you that God so loved the world that, that he, he gave, gave it to that work. guy's yard. <laughs> <laughs> Using you as a vehicle for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he literally just used my vehicle. <laughs> Honestly, Mikey, I do think that any god worth worshiping is funny. <laughs> right? And I think that if there is like a St. Peter situation, like where you get judged, whether you can get into heaven or hell, you're going to get a high five and a welcome. <laughs> or a high five and like, good try, at least. <laughs> like our friends would be like, hey, we saw the globe in the ditch over on like 6th Avenue. And be like, oh, okay, we'll go get it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> and like one time, it was like a, we found a hot water heater that was also abandoned. So we like set up the hot water heater and put the globe on top of it. <laughs> so it like a real that guy hated us probably. Oh man. So the sheriff drives over to his wife's house and she says, I took him to the park today and a lot of kids are talking about the footsteps. They're saying it's the devil and it really scared him because it's been six months. His brother's dead. He's not in a good place and you really didn't need to hear a lot about the devil today, basically. Yeah. So we cut to him driving his son home that night and his son yells, stop, there's something out there. That scared me. That jump really got me. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. This does something that I think Conjuring 2 did as well, where it's like, it's not going to be that. And then it heightens where it's like it scares you once and then it scares you with a heightened scare that makes sense in the world. But so he basically is like, enough, there's nothing out there. And as he's saying it, we see just a flash of it running across the street. We don't see what it is. We don't not enough to get details, but there is something out there. Yeah. And he says, stay here and lock the doors. And he goes out and he sees something in the trees and he runs after it, which like. So dumb. Why would you do that? You're going to follow a creature into the woods. That's where he thinks it's a person. He does. Into the woods to kill this guy who might be hooved (laughs) and can definitely climb. How dare you bring Sondheim into this? (laughs) (laughs) he runs into the woods and he calls after the monster as if it's like a teenager he still thinks it's somebody pranking yeah as he does it he finds the horse harness the number 88 one in the trees and he comes back to the car with it and adam is gone and he runs to the house where thankfully the kid is in the house but like holy shit that scared the shit out of me me too i was like why the fuck did he get out of the truck or whatever the jeep or whatever and then i realized that they were in his driveway like yeah yeah i'm like oh okay he just went inside i guess that makes sense well he went to hide in the house but like but that just means that the thing that ran in front of their cars in the woods behind their house and ate a deer or ate like a horse there yeah it's terrifying It's like having a giant globe on your lawn. You can't ignore that. (laughs) So he basically says to his son, like, I won't let anything happen to you. I'm going to protect you. And we cut to the deputy at the bar. Now, this was kind of confusing because he does drink in this scene. And we establish later that he's in treatment. No, I think he stops drinking because of the creature. You think so? Yeah. That makes a little more sense. So he's drinking with the bartender and he's talking about the tracks and the bartender basically tells him the story of the thing that lives in the woods. He says that his grandmother was indigenous and that she told stories about the woods and the spirits and the trees and the white man didn't respect the land or the spirits. So they attacked them and that people have gone missing and sometimes they find them in trees. And he says that he believes it enough to keep his door locked. And I'm just going to soapbox for a second. Always keep your door locked. Lock your doors. Why wouldn't you lock your doors? That's why doors come with locks. Lock your doors. Oh, yeah. Like, why would you not lock the door to your house? There are some people that don't. And it and it's definitely a cultural thing where I grew up in a place where you always, always lock your doors. Ever. I've never lived in a place where you could get away with not locking your doors. But if you did, it would be this town, which has like 200 people in it. Yeah, sure. But as I mean, if you got a lock, use it. Why should you have a door unlocked? Why would you choose to live that way? I don't know. 
Exactly. <laughs> Richard Chase, the vampire serial killer, killed a bunch of people just by walking into their doors because their doors were unlocked. Yeah, because he, he thought it was them inviting him in, right? Or something yep. like that. Lock your damn doors. So in the same scene where they're drinking, he sees the horse farmer's daughter at the bar and he kind of looks across the bar at her. They have like a thing. We cut to the next day at the parent teacher conference. This is one of my favorite scenes. I love it so much, Mikey. Yeah, it's so great. I love it too. Uh, The sheriff and his wife are there and they're there because apparently Adam keeps saying the word pecker all the time and he's not using it correctly, which is even funnier. Um, But now all the kids are saying it and they're kind of laughing at it. And she's like, well, I'm sorry you're not taking this so serious. And I'm like, she writes it down. That's what got me the most, Mikey. Yeah. Like when she grabbed that pen and like the piece of paper, I was like, oh, damn, she's writing the N word. Like there's (laughs) or the the F word. Yeah. 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 There's no other word the teacher wouldn't say just aloud to other parents. Like I and she slides it over and they start the parents start giggling and she's like. Do you think this is funny? Is this how you raise your children? But I mean, in that situation, Mikey, if it was you and me in that parent teacher conference, our adopted child had said a bad word. It could have been the F word. And I'm going to giggle because that shit is funny. A child cussing and then that kind of catching on like coronavirus Mm -hmm. and making other kids cuss. That to me is hilarious. I would agree that, yes, I'm sorry it happened. We'll address it at home. But, like, I'm laughing at that. It reminded me of the League episode where they go to a parent-teacher conference, and they're like, yeah, yes. uh, Ellie's been telling people to, quote, take a ride on her suck stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> the teacher tells them that Adam, the kid, is still referring to Tim in the present tense. Yeah. And this is where Adam's mom, the sheriff's wife, goes fucking off. I loved and it. I liked it too. I loved it. I have in my notes. I was like, okay, she kind of slaps. Like, I yeah. love her. Because she's basically like, it's been six fucking months and he is a fucking kid and he is processing the grief. You will not tell us how to raise our kid. He's going to process it. It's going to be fine. And fuck you. And I was just like, oh my God. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> which Mikey, mental health perspective. Is this something to be worried about? No. Is Tim a Wendigo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's obvious that the brother murdered Tim while his parents weren't looking. But <laughs> no, when it comes to grief, he is still his brother. Yeah. And he will always be his brother. Yeah. Yeah. And his memories will always live on. And, and he's a child. Like, the concept of death is hard for adults to understand, much less children. And I think that teacher is a super big, terrible. We should have watched her die. There you go. <laughs> She's the Wendigo. And I mean,. I think you're onto something with maybe Adam killed Tim because we did find pineapple in Tim's stomach and then the note that they left at the crime scene for Tim was written in the mom's handwriting. But then also it feels like maybe Adam on accident caused some blunt force trauma and the parents are like, we've already lost one child. We've got to cover it up. So we're going to hide it. But then maybe it wasn't dead. So then they had to like garrot Tim. That was a deep oh cut true crime joke for you guys. Oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! That was the John Bonet Ramsey case. <laughs> oh my god! Like seven people are gonna really laugh at that. But I'm here for it. Oh. Anyway, so they basically come out of the parent-teacher conference, and his wife has just screamed at this lady and is like, huh, and then starts crying, and they like hug, and it's a very kind, like sweet, like. Yeah, we care 
you know, about our kid and it's going to be okay. He gets into his car and he's driving home and he stops at the graveyard and he looks across to the church where his deputy sees him and it looks like the deputy's coming out of what looks like a 12-step meeting is what it appeared like because it's the middle of the week at a church. It is a 12-step meeting and you see when they walk through the basement, the chairs are in that circle. In the the circle. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. AA circle, yeah. That was my confusion. I think he just goes to bars to pick up on local chicks. And when he's there, he does what I do when I go to bars to like hang out and have a good time. I'll get like a Diet Coke and they'll put like a lime on it. So it looks like I'm drinking. No, in that first scene, he has like three whiskeys. I guess that's true. Yeah, he drinks it. But later, every time we see him in the bar later, he has water. Yeah. So like... I do think later on, yes, that's his place because he doesn't know anybody in town. And I think that's his place to like get to mm-hmm. know people. Yeah. But in that first scene, it does look like he's drinking and maybe they just pour them and he doesn't drink them. But we I, it looked like he was drinking. Anyway, they get out of the car and he says, do you hear that? And they look up and it's like a Hitchcockian level <laughs> bird flock. Yes. Like so many birds, yeah. the most birds that is clearly like a green screen panel of sorts, but like yeah. birds, <laughs> tons of birds, town. so yeah. much surveillance over all the drones. Birds aren't real, Mikey. That's what she said. Yeah, they're not real. I know that. They're Wendigos. <laughs> no, they're drones. They're government <laughs> drones. They're government drones. Yeah. We've got to replace the batteries and that's when COVID will be over. <laughs> Did I mention they were designed by Satan? This is a silly episode and I love it. <laughs> anyway, they stop at a diner for lunch. And they're basically just like, the fuck was up with those birds, man? I haven't seen shit like that ever. And then the other one was like, you haven't seen Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds? I'm not very well versed in older cinema. Um, but- <laughs> what are you, Mikey? <laughs> That's how you know he's a Wendigo. <laughs> this is a conversation you and I would have had, Mikey, in this. Right. Like, oh, like, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would have been like, I don't give a shit. I'm getting two waffles. What do I look like, an ornithologist or whatever they call bird people? Ornithologist. Okay, hear me out. This is my overall general bird theory. Flightless birds, good. Birds that can fly, evil. Yes, absolutely. Penguins, always dressed fancy. Crows Uh carry disease. There Uh is one clear winner in this fight. Uh Uh-huh. Chickens, delicious. Vultures, terrible. Wait, have you eaten a vulture? Have you you not? I mean, I did it once, but only to prove to them that I am the alpha. And I picked its bones clean. (laughs) (laughs) Birds of a feather do flock together. Especially in this movie where they talk about how all the wildlife is leaving and the birds were actually flying the wrong way. Yeah, because they were flying north, not south. Or vice versa, whatever. Right. I think if you're a bird, the only wrong way to fly is to the ground. Down straight. It's not my job to tell birds where to go in the sky as long as they're not dive bombing into their deaths. And Mikey, of course, it's not your job to make sure birds fly in the right direction. That is the job of the Air Force drone squad (laughs) that's stationed just outside Las Vegas. Yeah. I I mean, look, guys, it's online. Just do some research. Yeah, they're the ones triangulating the patterns. It's not your job. But if you pick one up, check it for batteries. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) at this point, the deputy says, you know, well, what about these stories that I've heard? And the sheriff says, stories are just stories. And the deputy says, but what if they're not? What if there's something wrong? All the stories sounded a lot like what's been going on. 
And the sheriff is like, let me guess. They told you about the missing boy in the tree. That boy was murdered and no one wants to admit it. Bad things happen because people let them happen. Someone's always responsible, which is a brutal way of thinking if you're somebody who lost a child six months ago. Like, this is him stone cold blaming himself. Yes, I yeah. do like that, though, because it does give you some insight into why he's so messed up right now. Yeah. Cut to we're intercutting between his house and his wife's house yeah. where he's got files on his desk that he's looking through. And it looks like one of them might actually be a file on Tim, like a life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut over to his <gasps> wife's Motive. house where Donnie is fixing his wife's car. <laughs> And this is where she tells him what happened to Tim and why he's so upset, essentially. We cut back to him looking at the files and he sees his dead son running through the halls with a superhero cape. This is where I think he's like five or six because that's about as old as that kid looks. That's fair. But they get a call and they immediately head out to the horse farm where the guy from the beginning of the movie has a gun and he's freaking out. Because he thinks something is still bothering the horses. And he says that he saw something beating on the side of the barn last night at 3 a.m. So tonight he's ready for them. And the sheriff kind of disarms him like, hey, put the gun away. Uh, If you hear anything banging on the barn, you call me at home. Uh, But it's not that big of a deal. And as he's trying to calm him down, the light on the front of the barn explodes and they are in darkness. And we hear screeches of whatever it is in the wood. Mm Mm-hmm. This got me as a jump scare. Yeah, it scared the shit out of me too, Paige. He takes his gun. He heads out. He tells the deputy to keep watch on the horse guy. And he runs out to the barn. And there is banging on the sides of the barn. The light is on the ground. There's tracks, which are the same kind of hoof tracks. And then he sees something skitter out through the bales of hay. And it's too dark to see what it is. So he says that they'll come back in the morning. And the next day, they inspect the side of the barn where there's claw marks all down the wall and mud tracks like before. And this is where the horse farmer says, well, I shooed all the horses last week. These don't have any shoes on them. And also my horses don't have three toes. Right. It's not a horse print. It's kind of divided a little strange. Yeah. So we cut to back at the sheriff's house. He's doing a Google search and he finds a, an article called the devil's footprints because he's looking for three toed animals And then we get a flash of Wendigo and Wendiga um, entries, which are the same monster, just different names for different tribes in different parts of the country. Yeah. We also get a report that a storm is making its way into the area and people even in neighboring counties are kind of baffled by all the wildlife leaving. He drives out to another farm where there are dead cows in the field that have been picked over. Uh, He calls another sheriff one town over to try and check on what's happening in their town. And then he shows up at the diner where everyone's looking at him and he goes to sit with his wife and son and the son is still trying to get them back together. And he's like, do you still love each other? And he says, yes, sometimes it's just harder than that. As that's happening, the deputy is at the liquor store. Uh, He asks for coffee and she says, it's up front by the squirrel where they have like a taxidermied squirrel in between their (laughs) coffee machines. (laughs) This would be my favorite coffee shop. I love it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And he and the horse guy's daughter kind of chatting it up, having fun. They cut to the sheriff driving up the road where he sees a dead deer in the highway. He radios the deputy and then he gets out to move it. And the deer is literally clawed to shreds. Yeah, this is that shot I thought was actually a really cool shot. Yeah, Yeah. this is a cool scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He hears movement in the woods. He scans the woods with his flashlight. 
And as he does it, whatever it is, runs by him in front of the car and we barely get a glimpse of it. He gets back into the car. Yeah. And he looks up and the deer is gone. Which I thought was creepy. It is super creepy, Mikey. This scared the shit out of me. And he drives on. As he drives away, we see an animal kind of creep from the side of the road, but it's in shadow. We don't get a full idea of what it is. He gets to the bar where the deputy is there drinking a glass of water. This is where I started taking notes of it. Yeah. He says, let's find somewhere to talk and pulls him aside and basically says, I think we're thinking about this the wrong way. All the wildlife left. This is an older deer and the missing horse. We thought they left the gate open, but I don't think they did. And those claw marks that we found on the tree, they match the ones in the deer. And at first I thought it was a prank, but with the stories that you've heard, I think we might be dealing with the unexplained. And the deputy says, well, maybe it's always been here and we're just not noticing it. So why now? I do love that he does say all of that. And with what you're saying, Paige, you would hope that he was in like a small, dark corner away from everyone at this bar. But no, he's just at a table next to a booth where there are people there. But they're whispering. Yeah, but like you could overhear them. Like if you see the one sheriff talking to his one deputy in town quietly, you're going to drop some eaves on that conversation. Yeah, but if we were sheriff and deputy, I would go to a really crowded place and I'd be like, Deputy Todd, I really hate that we think the literal killer clown from It is next door to Mrs. Grady killing kids. Wow. <laughs> like, we just make up mean <laughs> stories for people like plant rumors, you know? Like, I can't believe I had to murder that creature that almost killed little Timmy. There you go. <laughs> Timmy did die, Mikey. Not in our town. Oh, yeah, because we would have saved him. Although I do think it's a little suspicious that the sheriff's son dies and he's cleared of all legal charges. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. What do you think happened to the last deputy? Why has he got a guilty conscience? Mikey, the deputy was in on it, and that's why he got killed. Oh, my God. The old deputy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, He's missing. Yeah. The deputy was onto it. He was like, wait, this doesn't really add up. And he's like, you're transferred. Get me a new deputy from New York. Yeah. Maybe we've had this all wrong. And maybe the kid like Adam didn't commit blunt force trauma on Tim after Tim ate pineapple. And it really is an outside job. And the deputy climbed through the broken basement window. (laughs) But that's a theory that not a lot of people ascribe to. (laughs) these jokes are so dark today like what is wrong with us we're living through the biggest pandemic in our century yeah so uh jimmy from the store earlier is basically talking to the sheriff and he's like hey what are you gonna do about this fucking monster business uh everyone around here trusts you but you can't even protect your own family which is a big douche oh i like this because the deputy's like can i hit him and he says i'm still thinking about it (laughs) (laughs) can i hit him now (laughs) we cut to the next day where a group of hunters is hunting in a clearing in the woods they hear something in the trees and it's fast and it attacks the hunters wait Paige, is it fast or are there more than one of them because i thought it was just fast and then at the end the reveal at the end i was like oh that could have been just like two creatures you know yeah well and i think it's it's one of those things where it disguises itself so well it hides in the trees um, it's got its cloaking device and its heat-seeking lasers, and it killed those <laughs> marines. Um, it's got mandibles. It's got and the mandibles. deadliest weapon of it all, the kiddie pool. 
I, I was going to say, that's, <laughs> oh. that's why this is Snow Predator. But much like Predator, where they're like, there's multiples of them and he's just fast. This is the opposite, where I think I think there were multiples and they're interpreting it as the same one. And it's fast because they yeah. don't get yes. a good glimpse. That's of what it. I thought, too. After the reveal. Yeah. Like with the tracks, they're like sand people. They like they, they walk in single file. <laughs> they walk in single hide. file to hide their numbers. <laughs> I heard it. So this is the scene where they find out that there's a storm coming into town, and the deputy and the sheriff are sitting in the office talking to each other. And the deputy says, "It's funny that you never asked me what you should have asked me in the interview. Why did I want to move here?" And he says, well, you got shot. That was reason enough for me. And this yeah. is where we find out that the deputy and his former partner were in a situation where the deputy got shot and his former partner died. And this is where the deputy is like, I never used to be a religious person, but when I was on that gurney and when I saw my partner dead, I thought maybe I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And he says, is this where you're supposed to be? And he says, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm here to protect people. Maybe there's somebody here that I'm supposed to protect, or maybe you're supposed to protect me. They bonded. It was a nice bonding scene. We cut to them in the police cruiser where they pull to the side of the highway where he saw the deer the night before. And there's blood in the road where the deer was. And they hear a sound in the forest. He hears his son's laughter and calls for him in the forest. And as he does, a hand clasps his shoulder and he turns. It's a hunter who's been chased by the creatures out into the street. So they take him back to the police station to question him further and this is where we get him saying it was fast it was so fast it got literally all of his friends i don't know what i saw and they say we'll start searching for it and he says don't bother they're already dead yeah basically like we fucked like <laughs> it is bad so they walk out into the hallway and they're talking and they basically are like well assuming that there's an animal that hasn't been discovered maybe it's something that's adapted maybe it's learned how to hide and if it's smart enough to know that we're a threat that'd be a very dangerous animal so they get a phone call and it's from i believe his name is earl he's the guy who told them all the deer are gone and he's the bartender yeah i got the impression that he owned the bar right uh, and he and his son Jimmy found one of the bodies in the trees from the hunters earlier. Yeah. And they basically said that there's no tracks. The ground is too hard. And the sheriff basically says, everyone get out of the woods right now. Whatever did this is still out there. No one from town is allowed in the woods. And we're going to have a curfew. People have been attacked and killed. And they're sending reinforcements in 24 hours. Most people left because of the storm. So there's not that many of us. But basically, we just need to survive the night. The storm blows in. We're getting like news reports and shots of the town and everyone should stay indoors. All the roads in and out are closed. His wife calls, thanking him for taking their son tonight because he was scared of the storm and being with his dad makes him safe. Or at least makes him feel safe because staying yeah. with his dad this night gets <laughs> right. him killed. But yeah. And the sheriff was like, stop it with your supportive phone calls. I'm trying to do stuff here. God damn. <laughs> stop being so nice to me. I'm trying to grieve. Yeah. I don't deserve you. Fuck you off. Get <laughs> off of me. Mikey, I, I feel like you can relate to the I don't deserve you. Fuck you. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're just talking about exes. They're like, he just blames himself for everything and he doesn't let himself be happy. And I'm like, ah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the therapist. Bye. <laughs> As Adam, his son, is sleeping, he hears a banging on the door and it's the deputy. And he says, I called the next county over and we find out now about the loggers that went missing. So now we're kind of connecting the two cases and they look at a map 
And they basically deduce that that logging and the destruction of their habitat forced this animal south towards us, but there's no more forest south. So basically it's fighting for territory. This is this is its last stop. Its plan is to kill everyone in town and then inhabit these woods. There's another bang on the door, and it's Jim, who's been the douchebag guy the whole time, and yeah. he reveals that he has a hunting camera out in the woods that has movement sensors, and he shows them the footage, and the footage is literally static until something knocks the camera down, and they're like, well, that could have been a deer, and he says, well, I looked closer at the footage, and it looks like a picture of Bigfoot is what it looks yeah, like. I thought it was. When it knocked the camera down, that scared the shit out of me. Like, I jumped yeah. at that moment. I think you guys are right. I think all the scares are pretty well earned in this movie, and also, it doesn't mm-hmm. fake you out. Whenever the kids see something, we're not like, oh, this movie's just being dumb. Like, the kid doesn't yeah. see anything. It's gonna do, like, a fake jump scare. No, everything everyone sees is, like, literally the monster. Yeah. I actually kind of liked that it looked like Bigfoot, because for a hot second, I was like, is this this evil Bigfoot? Wait, is Bigfoot not evil? <laughs> no, I think Big Feet are gentle animals and they're just misunderstood, Todd. I did watch the documentary on them in the 90s called Harry and the Hendersons and they do seem pretty nice. <laughs> Fantastic documentary. I love that movie. But he leaves them with the photos and the deputy leaves as well. And as he leaves, he lets them know that cell service is down. So they're going to have to use walkie talkies. Because of the storm. Yeah. Uh, It's a super snowy night. The woods are very dark. We get a POV over the monster's shoulder. And then we hear something creak right outside the sheriff's house. We hear banging from outside and it's big. And he runs upstairs, grabs his son. They get into the bathroom lock the door, turn off the lights, and he walkie-talkies the deputy. And as he's doing it, we get close-ups of those weird hooves kind of climbing the stairs. Which look cool. No, they look terrible. I sort of liked it, Mikey. I'm not going to lie. I, I liked it too, yeah, Todd I, I was like, I'm on board for this. Because I, I don't know. I feel like where this movie starts to break down is when you move from practical effects to CGI. So, like, yeah. I at least they look feet-ish. They looked like Todd's feet walking up the stairs. Okay, you know what? Listen, they, I have all five toes. You're supposed to have ten. <laughs> On each foot. On each foot, Paige. You, you didn't clarify. <laughs> I feel like if... if it's we, your heel having three cloves. That's really weird. Which, like, use pumpkin spice. Anyway, so cloves are a spice. I, yeah, yeah. I know you're white. It's whatever. Uh, So... If we hadn't had the monsters at the end and this was the closest we got to it, I'd be yeah. fine with it. Yeah, it would be scarier. Yeah, it's the combination of this. Plus, I do think when we see the feet on the stairs, it's better than when we see them in the church. In the church, they look terrible. So he gets on the walkie talkie and this was because re- he's whispering into the walkie talkie and he's just like, it's in the house. And yeah. it's so tense and scary and great. It climbs the stairs with the hooves. Donnie turns around. Sirens scream up to the house. He runs into the house. It runs away from the bathroom. As it's running out of the house, it knocks him down. It like stiff arms him. Yeah. This yeah. was this was crazy to me. Yeah. Well, this is crazy to me for a couple of reasons. Because it doesn't kill him, Paige? A, it doesn't kill him. It kills everybody it comes in contact with, but not the deputy. But not the deputy, which is why he's one of them. Anyway, no, uh, B. Well, you guys didn't see this, but the creature actually was running away and slipped on the kiddie pool and knocked (laughs) (laughs) Put the kiddie pool away. 
we haven't <laughs> found out in the movie yet that there's more than one. Right. And so we have to assume, because of the information that we have, that this is only one. And now we've established that it can, like, shake walls, but can also fit inside the house and walk upstairs. And then when he stiff arms the deputy, it looks like he's about deputy size, which is kind of the same size that we've established everywhere else, except for the tracks, which are big and, like, giant size. Well, they do that because they have to walk inside each other's tracks, so you always lead with the biggest one. And then you sort of walk oh. by like size to hide your numbers. It is very sand people-esque. I mean, sure. Yeah. I, I think I was just more like, okay, we have them doing actions that make us suggest that they're much bigger than they are. But then we see them just kind of stiff arming people. And it's like, so they're person sized. And then as we get further into it, it's like, okay, they're slightly larger than person sized. Maybe, I guess. But I, I think this is where it really starts falling apart for me. Yeah, I don't know. I still found this sort of tense. Yeah. Or this is where it starts to deviate from everything sort of making sense to it not making sense. I think it's, this is peak scary. And then we go downhill from here. So he tells the deputy to gather everybody. And bring them to the church. Now, here's why I think he went church. Because it's pretty much one of the only brick buildings. That's brick from like front to okay, down. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why. That's the rationalization they give in Shot of the Dead for the Winchester. Where it's like, it's got those big doors. It's brick. There's a gun above the bar. I think that's kind of their thinking with the church. Where it's like, it's got bricks. It can fit everybody. And that'll help us keep track of everybody and keep everyone safe. I honestly just thought he was a Hosier fan. It was like, take me to church. Take me to church. I'll defend you from the monster that come in the night. I will stab the man, shoot the man, make it all right. <laughs> that actually was perfect, Fade. Thank you. Uh, God, Paige, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> uh, he addresses the town about essentially the plot of the movie so far. Here's what we know. Yeah. Here's what we know. Recap. Last week on Monster Vision, this is what happened. <laughs> so we revealed that there are rangers coming tomorrow, but they have to survive the night. Everyone's like, how do they know it won't find us here? And it's like, Duh, it's going to find you. Um, yeah. But this is where he argues that the church is strong and defendable because it is all brick and they just have to make it till morning. And once morning comes, they'll be safe. They kind of all hang out in the church for a little while. This is also where the deputy hands a flask to the bartender but won't drink from it. Where he's like, I gave it up. And I'm like, why do you have a flat? Why do you have it? What's? Yeah, why are you carrying it on you? That whole subplot confused me. We find out that Adam is drawing pictures of the sheriff being a leader and killing the monster and one of their family, including Tim. And it's very touching and sad. His wife is basically like, they believe you can protect them and they trust you. And he says, I can't protect these people. I couldn't protect him. And she says, it wasn't your fault. He loved you and he wouldn't want you to be sad. And he's like, I've been seeing him. And I was like, okay, maybe we should talk to somebody. But no. Nobody says anything. They're just like, oh, the dead kid running around? No, the wife have already said this. She should have reiterated, you know, I'm talking to someone. You know, I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> You're seeing dead people, you say? She instead is just like, maybe he just wants you to know that everything is okay. And I'm like, then he should say that. Like, if he can apparate, like, just say it. He's not really there. I know. I'm just saying that if he was an actual ghost, be clear. If you're a ghost and you're listening to this podcast, be clear in your messaging. We're happy to help you finish your unfinished business. We just need to know what it is. I mean, unless it's like hard. Yeah. If I have to leave the house, it's probably not going to happen. Like if your unfinished <laughs> business is you need like me to tweet out a link for a GoFundMe or something, I'm happy to do that. But if it's like I have to get off my butt, it's not going to happen. 
Todd, you're going to have to leave the house anyway because there's a fucking ghost in your house. So, like, think it through. Just leave the house, do their bidding, and come back and keep your house. Oh, yeah. I'm fully burning my house down. The GoFundMe link I'm tweeting out is for my I got denied my insurance claim because I clearly arsoned my own house for being haunted. <laughs> yeah, ironically, the unfinished business was that was an arsonist ghost and he was trying to burn down the house and you <laughs> set him free by burning down your own house. Yeah, and it's all because your house was built on a kiddie pool graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paige, no. Oh, I mean, yes. Uh, dark humor was the night. <laughs> As he's kind of collecting everybody, they start to hear banging on the walls. And this is where I had another question of like, what is the scale? Because is it one of them that can bang on the walls? We find out later that's multiples, but it's like, it sounds like a huge thing. But he gets the big gun. And it's pulling on the door and he and the deputy are basically ready for it to break through. And he says, do you think it's going to hold? And he says, no. Uh, and so we find out that this church had a shelter from the 60s in the basement, which but most churches have basements. Even in California, right. where we don't have basements. Most churches have basements. I think I've been to multiple of a church basement. Yeah. Do you think if it was like a shelter, like a bomb shelter, it would have like a locked door? It kind of does. There's a couple doors to get to it, it, it seems. You think they would just be like, if we sit here with five guns and point at this door, we'll just shoot at things that come through. We might be able to last a while. Yeah. I mean, that's what Leonidas did, more or less. And it worked. Well, right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The defense strategy here that the sheriff has is not well, super Well, that's great. what they do. That's what they leave Jimmy and Earl to do, is yeah. basically right. to sit there and shoot at anything that makes it down there. So they grab their rifles because uh, he's going to go be a fucking hero. They deputize Jimmy and Earl, which I think makes Jimmy happy. Uh, so that they can stand there and shoot at anything that comes through the door. And the banging stops. The light goes out. The sheriff and the deputy go out into the main church building and the door is swinging freely. So it's inside. Yeah. Before they go up there, though, he like says goodbye to his wife and says, hey, yeah. to his son, he says, take care of her until I get back. Take care of her. Yeah, so like he whispers, he says, never go to the pool. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like, take care of her. The church upstairs is just riddled with kiddie pools. <laughs> there's a kiddie pool trying to get through that door right now oh my God. anyway there's a crash and they've kind of pushed the monster into this one hallway where there's like no other way to get out there's like one entrance one exit except for the seven other ways that when they go into the well, hallway they're, they're rooms off of the hallway yes <laughs> but like, I was like that <laughs> main hallway is the entrance and exit as the deputy i would be livid if mikey was like hey don't let anything come down this hallway. I'm leaving you now. I would yeah. be like, fuck no, we are staying together. Someone has to cover your back and you have to cover my back. Yeah. Like splitting up is the worst thing you could do. Yeah. I would be like, let's just go back down to the basement and yeah. then like shoot at things when they come down the stairs because that's a more defensible disposition. Yeah. If we're the ones being hunted, let's let them do the hard work of coming to us and then we'll yeah. murder their faces when they get here and they're smart animals they're gonna learn like okay they have guns i'm not gonna this is not working let's just not do this but this is yeah. the part where they should have covered themselves in snow so that they can't sense them with their heat sensors and then set up a bunch of booby traps like logs that could smash it and sharpen sticks and then like run out into the night and scream to let them know that the challenge ah! was on. you have to scream like a sand person <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because this is Snow Predator. And so the sheriff walks through and kind of checks each room. We're seeing almost like things are moving and being knocked over, and he seems to just miss it every time. 
we get a reverse shot on the deputy where it goes behind the deputy into the kitchen and the deputy follows it, traps it in the pantry where it somehow attacks him, even though there like wasn't room in there. It attacks him. He ends up shooting it over his shoulder, which is pretty fucking rad. It was cool. And the sheriff makes his way back towards the deputy in the kitchen and he shoots at it again. But then it's somehow just magically gone. He runs back out into the hallway and it's right around the corner. He fires at it. He wounds it and it follows him. He slides under the pews in the church and it walks right past him. This is where the feet look awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, this the feet look awful in this scene. Yeah, he it snatches the pew off of him and he fires at it and it's gone and he follows a trail of blood. But then we hear it climbing the rafters in the church, which is such a cool shot. It is a cool, it was shot, a cool shot. But here's why I'm livid at this point in the movie. They have been talking about the fact that the creatures like to pull things up into the trees for 45 minutes and no one looks up when searching <laughs> yeah. for these creatures. Yes. It drives me insane. That is the first place you should be looking. And they just don't think to do that until, I mean, even in this scene right here, a light falls from the rafters and he runs over to the light and doesn't look up. He's an yeah. idiot. That's why I made you the sheriff, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> no, we would have left town because the first, we yeah. didn't talk about it, but the rest of the town evacuated due to the snowstorm. If there's evidence that you have a creature in your town and there happens to be an evacuation, Get the fuck out. We'd be at a Waffle House two cities away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Waffle House. I've made some excellent decisions at Waffle House and terrible decisions at Waffle House. That's where him and Natalie went on their first date. It wasn't oh, a date. Fun. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a meetup. Yeah. It was a meet cute. Anyway, the monster drops into the aisle in front of him and it's like an evil shellless turtle. It looks like the Goombas from the Super Mario Brothers movie live action. <laughs> yes, it does. That's exactly yeah. what it looks like, Mikey. That is exactly it. And I've been thinking about it all day, but that is exactly it. That actually makes sense why John Leguizamo comes in and saves them. It's a me, a plot device. <laughs> okay. I unapologetically love that movie. Same, Mikey. It's terrible, but I love it. So he pulls a knife from his belt that we saw him kind of put in there earlier and he stabs it. The monster screams until it finally goes silent. He tells everyone it's safe and they can come out. And he's got awesome predator scars, like the three yes. across the face. Yeah, yes. yes. He also kisses his wife full on the mouth so you know they're going to get back together for the next 10 minutes before they're dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the deputy comes up and looks at the body and is like, weird, I shot it in the shoulder. I took a whole chunk out of it. And we cut to outside the church where we reveal that there are dozens of them. Yeah, they're all <laughs> over the place. They're climbing all over the church. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. I do not like endings that end with like, oh, here's this other plot point, but we're ending it right now. Yeah. Like if it was going to be like dark is the night and the whole purpose of the movie is to survive the night. Yeah. You got to survive the night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't like movies that end 20 minutes too early either, Mikey. Yeah. And people love this ending, which is frustrating. Here's okay. Here's what I think. If you want to keep everything in this movie the same, keep the ending, whatever. I think you have to pull something out of the middle because there's a lot of scenes of them finding what are kind of similar clues over and over mm -hmm. where it's like we are already like it's a monster man it's a monster yeah. get to the church quicker so that the back half of this movie act three is them surviving the night where it's one now we reveal that there's more now they have to fight off a horde of them to survive the night until the forest 
you know, rangers get there and are like, you destroyed an endangered species, you're all going to prison. But like, <laughs> they have to survive the night. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree. That's my frustration. That said, I don't hate this movie. This it was this was a fun watch. I'm I'm cool with it. I, I like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the movie because I don't really like horror movies. I do think it's an effective movie and it's really impressive what they did with almost what I'm assuming is no budget. Yeah. So like I do feel like people should watch this movie just to see like what can be done for little money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like a lot of horror fans have seen a lot of horror movies and I feel like this movie is like gone under the radar for years. So I'm going to use my Z-level celeb uh, cred to be like, hey, watch this film. It's pretty cool. Oh, it's fun that you think we're at Z-level. That's nice. Oh, that's cute. I do think it's probably the scariest movie we've seen in a while. Yeah, I would agree. I respect what they've done with this movie. I hope to never watch it again because it was jumpy and that really gets to me. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah. And I'm glad it scared Todd. I wanted to do something cool under the radar, still scary and still good. I think you achieved that. Do you have some fun facts for us, Paige? I do. So here's the nice. thing. Not a very well-known movie. Not a lot of people have seen it. So there's not a ton of like our traditional movie fun facts. But we get to take like a little fun side quest with this movie's oh, nice. fun facts. I'm very excited mm. about it. Uh, first things first, this movie was shot in 20 days, which is not a very long wow. shooting schedule. That's brutal. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's so impressive. Isn't that crazy? That's even, yeah, that's that's crazy. That makes it even better for me where I'm just like, damn. Yeah. Like for no money. And usually when you don't have a lot of money, your shooting schedule get, gets compacted because that's how you save yeah. money. But like to, to accomplish this in 20 days is nuts. It is actually, and they talk about Wendigos and it is based, the movie seems to base this story in indigenous folklore. However, it is actually based on what, has been called quote the devil's footprints which is it comes up in that google search Mm -hmm. the devil's footprints is a phenomenon that occurred in 19th century england oh shit did this really happen somewhere yes so mysterious hoof-like footprints appeared in the snow between february 8th and february 9th in 1855 in devon and the prints appeared to pass through walls and over rooftops, and it's still considered to be an unsolved mystery. And on February 8th, oh 1855, God. the residents of Devon County in England basically woke up to a fresh snowy day, and their entire town was covered in footprints stretching for more than a hundred miles. What? Well, that's crazy. That's insane. Yes, and they traveled up to like right up to doors as if they were like standing and looking in windows and stuff, across roofs through haystacks and over 15 foot walls and even crossed a river. And they appeared to be made by something that was bipedal and had cloven hooves. So not a horse, but had cloven hooves. The hooves, legend has it, cut right through the snow to the pavement, almost as if they had been burned there. And so, yeah, that's why they call it the devil's footprints. Everyone was pretty scared. Yeah. um, Especially because of the prints that would stop right at their front doors or windows. And people just refused to leave their houses because they were convinced that the devil himself was roaming, looking for sinners. And the footprints have never been explained. Modern day, we've gotten a couple of theories. One of the theories is that it was a kangaroo because there was a nearby private zoo. Oh. And it had a there a kangaroo had escaped around the same time and kangaroo footprints do make a pretty odd shape because their feet are kind of strange and kangaroos can jump 
obviously. So that explains some of the footprints that were at higher levels. Sure, yeah. Um, the Another explanation, I don't really believe this one. Some They said it could have been a badger, but it doesn't seem like a badger would be big enough or a badger could have traveled that far in one night or covered those heights. There is a theory that... And this is what I call the Roswell theory, because uh, the theory is that it's a weather balloon. <laughs> um, Wait, what? Hear me out. So they did have balloons at the time, but they think that it was a balloon with an anchor, either a weather balloon or a hot air oh, balloon. It was, like, it was like coming up and down. That yeah. the anchor was coming up and down. Um, but I feel like people would have heard that or seen that. And the fact that it did that for 100 miles without getting tangled in a tree is nuts. So that's probably out. Uh, some people think that maybe it was a weird rainstorm and just the way that the rain hit the snow and froze, it could have made strange marks. But the fact that they were linear and uniform makes it a lot more like sand people than rain. And so I don't know. Here's one that I actually kind of like. Allegedly, there is a wood mouse native to the area that are known to hop. Aww. And this can lead to kind of like a hoof looking print because they hold their feet together and hop. So they make kind of like okay. little. Oh, that's adorable. It's very adorable, but it's unlikely that one mouse could sustain that motion for very long. And they can't necessarily get to the heights that the footsteps did. But if you had a whole bunch of mice, then maybe that could happen. But that doesn't explain why in 2009, a woman in the same county woke up one morning and discovered footprints similar to the ones in 1855. Uh, no. The five-inch-long prints appeared to have been made with a pair of hooves and something with a stride of between 11 and 17 inches, which is, like, a little smaller than a human, I would think, as far as stride length and stuff. They actually called a biologist out to document those prints, and he was just like, they're weird, but they're not the devil's. I don't believe the devil's been in England recently, but it's probably a <laughs> rabbit or something. <laughs> like, he was just like, I don't know. And it could have been somebody faking it, but so far they've never officially explained those hmm. footprints, and those are a fun fact. Well, Very that's cool. awesome. Thank well, thank you. you for those fun facts, Paige. Or thank you for that fun fact, Paige. Yeah, one giant fact. <laughs> yeah, no, I liked it. It was It was fun. So there isn't really box office for this movie because it did not get a theatrical release, but it did make some money at the home market. So just take a guess. What do you guys think it made total domestic home market performance? Two million. I, I'd say that's generous. I was going to go maybe like 500000 Ooh, page $528,000. Oh, nice. Which I bet is around what the budget was. Yeah, uh, I, I think you would need at least that much to basically get a, a town to to do this. Yeah. I think it was probably filmed in Canada, which also is probably cheaper as well. Yeah, but there's not a whole lot of box office to this. Well, all right. Well, Mike, let's do that scary scale. Scary scale listeners, scale one to ten of how scared we found the film tonight or when we watched it t today or last night. Well, we're doing it on Zoom. So whenever the people chose to watch it at that time. And our one example is Ghostbusters. <laughs> and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige, what do you think? I'm going to give this a three. Okay. Yeah, I felt like like this, especially the first two acts, there's some very effective scares. There's great jump scares. There's great atmospheric world building. I enjoyed it. I would say it's a three. Todd? Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. It okay. was pretty effectively scary until you actually see the creature. And then it's just, it's sort of like Jaws in that sense where it's not as scary once you see the monster, but it was still pretty effectively scary. 
Okay, I'm gonna give it a three two because I I don't remember the jump scares and they all got me as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think it really builds a lot of tension and then it just kind of races it on Goombas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this week you guys made me watch Dark Was the Night. What are you guys making me watch next week? Next week we are watching Invisible Man. Oh, nice! The Chevy Chase movie where he like goes Absolutely invisible. Absolutely Oh, my bad. But no, this is uh, the Elizabeth Moss movie from 2019, Invisible okay. Man. It's streaming on HBO uh, Go. HBO Max. Whatever, what whatever HBO is, is gone into now. Well, awesome. So, guys, your homework next week is to watch the 2019 Invisible Man. So, Mike, do you have a review for us to read? Oh. Well, while you are looking it up, <laughs> I will tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review and please do we actually do enjoy love reading your awesome five-star reviews so mikey do you have a five-star review for us to read Mm -hmm. all right who's it from it's from um joe bueno oh it's from joe bueno joe bueno 04 nice well what does joe bueno 04 say masterpiece title of the review i love this podcast so much all caps nice the Confederate Ouija board on the Conjuring <laughs> 2 episode was so good, all caps. <laughs> Laughing face emoji. Oh, Five stars. <laughs> it was literally just the Confederate Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, that's all he talks about. Like, that's all it took, Over. man. I love it. I'll accept that. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Well, Joe Bueno, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. We appreciate it. We love the Confiji. Confiji? <laughs> we love the Confederate Ouija board bit as well. And if you guys want to have your favorite bit shouted out on the podcast leave it in your five-star review it's probably one of my top like four favorite moments of the podcast oh my god it was so funny mikey that and like i think that one's on there and like when we talk about pills and the like the misery episode has so many good moments i love that episode. i also water first what the fuck is wrong with you Thank you. That's how you're supposed to take pills. You, no, you know what? It's I'm not. glad we're having this discussion with Paige. We need to bring Paige on so I could get this on the record, and I'm glad we have. Oh, I'm cutting all of this. So- oh, <laughs> oh, man. So we are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, and if you would check out their other podcasts at consequenceofsound.net, uh, or if you want to check out our stuff, we are at horrorvirgin.com. Or if, and if you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where there's literally hours of bonus audio and video content, listener requests like you were able to participate in to pick what movie we're doing next, all that kind of stuff. So guys, check out the Patreon. And if you can't help financially support the show, but still want your daily free horror virgin content, go to the Facebook group. And it's like 1,500 people hanging out, talking about horror having a good time, supporting each other. It's a great, really welcome community. It's awesome. If you like this power thruple and you want to hear us talk about romantic movies, check out our other podcast, Romancing the Pod. Paige is also on Cult Podcast and Black Card Rehab. And if you want to follow our show on social, we are at Horror Virgin. We are all available individually on socials as well. Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere but Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mm-hmm. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome everywhere. So follow us. So this episode was brought to you by Ori. And Ori is, I think, the best. I was locked in my bathroom and I thought oh. I heard like a monster outside, like climbing the steps right in front of my bathroom. So I called her on the radio. Don't ask. It's just how we communicate. And then she like turned around and booked it back to my place, siren on. And then she eventually let me out of the bathroom. I just locked myself in the bathroom. I didn't realize that it wasn't really a monster. It was a weird day. I don't want to talk about it. But Ori, thank you so much for helping me out of that pickle. 
You were in a pickle? It was a bathroom, technically, but I don't want to get into where the pickle was. <laughs> he buried it in his pet cemetery. <laughs> Came back as a cucumber. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Yay. Awesome Possum Blossom wants us to give you guys some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. Possums don't actually play dead when they're threatened. Instead, they involuntarily enter a catatonic state. So they more or less (laughs) just pass out. Possums are much more likely to run the other way, like run away if they feel threatened or bare their teeth and growl in like dangerous situations. So when you see a marsupial playing possum, it's because they've been attacked or caught unaware. If it feels threatened by a dog or a fox or other animal, it just drops to the ground and either closes its eyes or stares off into space. <laughs> I love its it. Its body goes limp, its breathing appears to stop, and it discharges its bowels. It also sticks <laughs> it, its like, tongue out. Itself? Yes. Oh, man. It's like me after like six cups of coffee. <laughs> it sticks its tongue out and then starts to drool. Oh, man. I mean, it's it is so much in a catatonic state that if you poke it, it won't respond. And it yeah, is you not, can straight pick them up. Yeah, yeah. It is not. Well, not that you would want to because they're covered in shit. It is not a voluntary <laughs> thing. Like it's a catatonic state they go into. I think that's an insane possum fact. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for your possum fact. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome possum blossom for that awesome possum fact. This episode also brought to you by. Brandon's bug business and it's not called that but I like saying that because of the alliteration but if you have tarantula spider scorpion centipede millipede or other apede needs reach out to Brandon's bug business it's actually called bug cage company you can find it on Facebook and they will ship you bugs which I guess is a thing people want I can't think of a scenario in which I would want a bug shipped to me but it's a fun prank I'd imagine hey Mikey what's your address <laughs> I appeed no. my pants. Does that help? <laughs> I would not like this at all. No, I, I please don't send us bugs when we get a PO box. Speaking of that, we should get a PO box. Yes. But thank you, Brandon, for supporting the podcast. And guys, if you have bugs, feel free to support Brandon's bug business. Bug Cage Company on Facebook is how you find it. We now return you to another episode of the, the Patreonicals. All right, welcome back to Patreonicles. There's now been a time jump. Oh, oh really? Right. I'm a little fuzzy on the details of the last one, but I think we just need to skip ahead a couple of weeks, so we're going to do that. Okay. But it's going to make it more fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's maybe get into it. Yeah, okay. So, like, <laughs> in the International Space Station, right? Isaac, Evil Matthew, and Karun are in space. Ooh. Right. When last we left them, they were launching off from Cape Canaveral. Yeah, it took them a few weeks to get there, but now they're at the International Space Station, and they had to kill a couple of the astronauts, but it was like not super their fault, but it kind of was. Anyway, everyone's dead <laughs> but Amy. Amy is an astronaut in the ISS who's like, she was stuck there because the world ended. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she couldn't get back. Yeah. So uh, Karun is like, hey, Amy, I am blue because I'm an alien. And so they have tilted the ISS's transmitter to bounce off the Hubble, and Karun's like, listen, if we get it to the moon, I, I can get us a spaceship, like a real spaceship, not like this piece of shit, garbage shuttle spaceships your your people have, but like actual spaceships. And okay. he's like, okay, as an astronaut, I mean, it's really cool that other life exists, I guess, and like, <laughs> so like, I'm ready to get out of here, uh, but who are these like two <laughs> dudes with you, Karun? And, and then Isaac's like, 
I did not start the apocalypse down there. Do not. Whatever you heard, it wasn't me. Wait, he's just volunteering this information? Uh-huh. And he's like, we definitely don't eat people. And <laughs> <laughs> and then Evil Matthew is like, evil's just a name. <laughs> <laughs> We want to go to space. We're not going to mess with you, Amy. We haven't met people in a couple of weeks. It was a long flight from Earth. We're not super good astronauts. So, like, you, we need you to stick around. Please just call me Matthew. <laughs> yeah, just call me regular Matthew. <laughs> regular Matthew. So, anyway, they transmit out. And Karun gets an answer back from his, like, moon. He's like, oh, Karun, what's up, buddy? Where have you been? Like, you, like, disappeared. And he's like, I've been on Earth. That place sucks. It's the worst they're like, okay, well, like, we're not that close. You want us to come get you? Like, we haven't, like, really hung out in, like, months. This is like when someone you went on two dates with from Tinder calls you, like, three months later, and they're like, I'm drunk. Can you take me home? <laughs> right. It, 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 like, Karun's not really well-liked with his people. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's like a sleazy celebrity or whatever. Right. He's like a Z level yeah. celebrity, right? Yeah. So they're like going to, they're trying to charge him for like a ride. They're going to space Uber him. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're yeah, going to yeah. spoober him. So look, Karun's like, look, they're going to, we don't have the money for this ride. We're going to tell him we, I have the, the intergalactic credits. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah we're I good don't. for it. We got, we got the credits for it. We're good for it. And then like, Amy, look, I know that Isaac and evil Matthew are like, they're not like, the most stand-up dudes but like they can like murder some people so what we're gonna have to do is take over this like flying saucer that's coming oh okay okay they're just gonna take over the space taxi and then just take it wherever they want yeah yeah oh, so okay. that's the plan space taxi's on the way right down in the cayman islands kate uh put up a psychic shield so the illuminati can't find them and like they've been uh our heroes uh kate and eddie and tristam um have been like Living in relative peace for the last few weeks over oh, in like nice. a tropical location. Yeah. Tristan's got his like cyborg parts waxed, so he looks very shiny Terminator ish. He's like C3PO at the beginning of the movie. I was thinking like the Tin Man in the second movie that's really scary when he gets like cleaned up. I've never seen that one. It's super scary. I don't, I've, yeah, I've never seen the second one. Well, don't do it. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I guess what Todd's talking about then, since you guys are not people of culture. <laughs> 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 okay and so <laughs> and uh sasha has kind of taken on like a leadership role because she like analyzes stuff or whatever and um dylan is there and dylan um and he's like look i'm sick of you guys calling me a son of a bitch <laughs> get right. out of my fucking brain i was like is dutch there also <laughs> dylan he has the body type of dylan from the movie Predator. Yeah, just super jacked. Hell yeah. Yeah. And they're like, great. We were fighting. And he's like, I've killed so many things in the post-apocalypse. It's great to be on this beach. It's so crazy that I'm here with y'all. It's it's great. I'm glad we're all friends. And um, <laughs> Sasha's like, look, to really get a reprieve of the post-apocalypse, we've got to kill Chip and Dale. Yeah. Rescue Rangers? Yes. Paige. Yes. They're the leaders of the Illuminati. Or so we think. <laughs> I'm glad Todd's been paying attention. Oh, I'm on board, Mikey. I am fully bought in on the Patreonicals. <laughs> this is a this is a performance for one person, and that one person is me. Chip-Chip-Chip-Bandale, <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati Rangers, when there's danger. <laughs> She's like, I think I know where they live. Oh, is it a tree? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although I hear Chip has been shacking up with Gadget Hackwrench, so. Oh, <laughs> 
She's only after it's his the, nuts, Paige. It's the big. They live in Disney World. Actually, they took over all of Disney World and they've made it their Illuminati fortress. That actually makes sense. I mean, I'm sure the park is shut down for the Sunny D virus that started before coronavirus. So technically, we can't be sued. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we definitely didn't cause anything. Winky, winky. <laughs> I like how the world made an alcoholic virus and you guys made a mixer virus. Yeah. <laughs> they pair together so well. And so Sasha's like, look, Tristam, you were programmed with Disney animatronic technology. You used That's to live in the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> Half of your body did. That's where these shiny Terminator parts come from, apparently. And he's like, what? does not compute but then he's like okay that makes sense I get it. <laughs> but then it does compute it totally computes <laughs> yeah yeah it just took a second it was like eh, eh, eh. so sasha they're like we've got to make a plan we've got to get to disney world and murder chippendale and kate's like we can do it with my psychic powers that are super overpowered uh, and <laughs> i like how kate is openly admitting that she's overpowered for this world <laughs> i think we all if we've been listening now we know that she's overpowered and eddie's like I am adequately powered, Eddie. <laughs> I talk to mammals and animals. And he's like, there's real animals in Animal Kingdom, so we have a chance to like overrun them. Ooh, that actually makes sense. Dylan was like, look, it's about time that I tell you the truth. I am really jacked and I kill people, but I also was a mouseketeer. <laughs> oh, my God. He knows how to get in. I, I, I did my summer internships at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> So like that's the plan, and that's uh, and they are they're getting ready to get. They're gonna make a plan. They've made a huge plan. It happened off <laughs> camera, and now it's cut to them getting on the giant helicopter thing and flying to Disney World. Dun 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 I love it. Are Isaac and Evil Matthew just really bad at lying, or are they playing some sort of 4D chess? How will our heroes do against Chip and Dale? Where is it written that in order to be people of culture, you have to have seen the Wizard of Oz sequel? Find out <laughs> next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicles. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin side, guys. Keep it oogie spooky. Have an amazing week. Bye. Hmm. Bowser nerds. <laughs> Watch out for those kiddie pools. <laughs> Oh, my God. Worse than trampolines. <laughs> Most people don't know. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.